So welcome to another episode of the Powerfully On Purpose podcast. My name is Maggie Tilly, a former uninspired workaholic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, and I am on the mission to show young people all around the world what they are capable of. Today's episode is pretty special to me because it's the first episode where I get to start sharing a series of stories from people within my beautiful community. To begin this series, I had the pleasure of interviewing my friend, Ryan McCarthy, who is a 24-year-old mental health advocate who at a very young age struggled with drugs and abuse. He now runs a very successful podcast and is on his way to creating some big waves. He's a prime example of someone who didn't allow their circumstances to define them and instead decided to make them the reason why. These episodes were sparked with the intention of getting voices out there in hope it inspires you in some way to share yours, step into a more aligned purpose and have the courage to beat any obstacle in your way. So what do you say we jump into today's chat? Thank you for being on here today and giving me your time. I really appreciate it. I would love to just hear your why. So my why as to what I'm doing now in the mental health space in the world. So. My why is because of my life experience and journey that I have been through. Um, it's molded um, together through experience, the journey, knowledge I've acquired, what not to do, what to do, and all that has brought me to where I am today. So my why is to help people not experience the same experiences I had and give them a shortcut through knowledge that I can give them information and also support to try and avoid the paths that I went down. I love that. And so people get a better understanding. What are some of the experiences that led you to where you are today and um, your mission through helping people with mental health and their challenges? So I grew up, I'm born in Liverpool, England. Um, I'm 24 years old now. I moved from England when I was eight. So 2005, I moved to Australia. And growing up where I was growing up in Liverpool, um, I grew up in a suburb called Heighton. But the place that I was in, the environment was very rough and very, um, very draining in terms of negative energy, you know, like there's a lot of violence, drugs. Um, so at a young age, seeing even kids around my age at the age of eight getting murdered um, by kids to similar age, murdering each other, and obviously people older getting murdered. And yeah, the knife crime over there was, is still severe to this day. But growing up in that environment at the age of eight, it kind of molded this mentality within myself that I had to be alpha. I had to be masculine. That was the only way I could survive in life. And if I even dared to tap into any of my feminine side, that was a weakness and I wouldn't survive. So from a very young age, I was very embedded into my head that I had to be super masculine. So when I moved to Australia, I tried to make that transition because I remember when I first came to Australia, I moved to Adelaide and someone said hello to me on the street. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, I was like, I got, I was on the back foot. Like, I was like, why is he saying hello to me? Like, I, I was so confused because where I'm from, that's so alienated. You know, it's like you keep to yourself. You don't walk down the street and ask a stranger how they're going. So, trying to adapt to life in Australia was really tough at the start. So, I lived in Adelaide for four years, from 2005 to 2009, and within those years um, of ages eight till eleven. I was struggling a lot, so I went straight back to um, the wrong crowds. I did hang around a lot of good people, but essentially I was doing the wrong things. So I was graffiti up my whole school at like the age of nine, and 
had to go down the skate park and take bikes off people. And yeah, I was just running the muck, stealing. And because I thought I was safe in these environments. And this is where I felt like I thrived the most, but not realizing that I was actually doing the most damage to myself and the people around me. Um, but at the time, I was just doing the best I could with the information that I had because I believe at that age, I was doing the completely right thing. And then from Adelaide, I moved up to Queensland in 2009 when I was 11. And then at that stage, I was year seven transitioning to year eight. So year seven is primary school and I was in school. Year eight was high school. So I transitioned from year seven to eight. I moved to Brisbane and straight away I went back to looking for what I felt most comfortable in was crowds like that. So I started stealing again. And then uh, I remember at the age of 11, someone handed me a joint of marijuana and I, remember, I didn't know what marijuana was I didn't know what it was or anything but when I smoked it I felt at the time that was the most calm I've ever been in my life because growing up I was always labeled as crazy for everyone around me you know like my family and everyone know that he's just a crazy kid he just acts out he doesn't know how to control himself so I started to embody that and because these people are telling me this I believe that that's how I should be because that's my identity but I didn't realize at the time that identity was a mask people were putting on me and I actually wasn't embodying who I truly was. So then when I smoked weed for the first time when I was 11 and I felt calm, I was like, well, like this is a very alienated feeling to me because I'm used to feeling quite and quite crazy what people would say and acting out and now I feel calm. And then I got hooked to that feeling at the age of 11. That's insane but rather than using all those excuses to continue down that path um you've obviously used it as your fuel to do better and help other people who are going through that and what was the turning point for you when you decided that it wasn't what you wanted for your life well i knew because from the age of 11 i got i got probably i started doing drugs daily at the age of 13 so from 11 till 13 it was kind of just when I could get it because it was very hard for me to get it at that age. But when I turned 13, I started taking pills like ecstasy and prescription pills. And then I remember when I was 15, I went to school high in ice and like speed. And um, I was just like, this is getting a bit serious. So I cut back on like the poly type drugs per se. And I just went back to smoking weed and acid and just all the more the hallucinogenic stuff. But then when I turned 17, I remember I got back from schoolies and I had like a really big week of schoolies. Like I that was probably my turning point when I look back on it because I slept about two hours the whole week. I didn't eat and I was, yeah, I was taking a lot of drugs. And when I got back from schoolies, I started thinking about life and what I'm doing and having my own identity because all these identities that got put on me, I was never living who I actually thought I was. And then when I started doing the drugs, I realized I was masking myself. So that's when I had to turn around thought that I need a change and then I remember I went to a house party one night and I got really really messed up but then I woke up the next morning and I was like I don't feel like doing anything today I'll see if I can take a day just to chill and then that day turned to seven years without the um without weed because weed was my main addiction so then when I quit weed um, it wasn't easy. It was a big challenge but I isolated myself a lot in my house for like the first two months um just to try and fight the urge and temptation because i didn't have any discipline so i had to escape the environment before i could be back in it so those first two months 
yeah, it was a struggle. After those two months, I went back out and I started doing like MDMA and more poly drugs because I was just in the poly scene. Um, and then when I turned 18, I had a big weekend for my 18th birthday. And then the weekend after my 18th birthday, that's when I decided to quit drugs completely. And then I believe from quitting weed um, is what gave me the willpower to quit the rest of the drugs because I had the mindset of if I could quit this thing I smoked every day for six years, I can quit anything I put my mind to. So then I quit every other drug and I've been sober from drugs now for, I believe in February, it'll be seven years I'll be sober. Wow, that's insane. Yeah. That is so crazy. And I think what I admire the most is because you were so young when you were introduced into this scene and into this environment, you're still so young and it's been seven years since you've been out of it. So age doesn't matter. Like age is, is not a thing. If you want something enough and you want to change your life enough, then you just have Mm. to have the willpower. And you mentioned discipline, which is something I was going to bring up. I personally am someone who struggles with a bit of discipline and I know there's plenty of people out there and with the temptation of like drugs everywhere around you, it's kind of hard to escape. How do you deal with that discipline? And I know it's probably mind over matter kind of situation, but yeah, what's, yeah. how do you deal with that? Well, the thing is, you know, cause discipline would not be disciplined if temptation didn't exist. And like even the most disciplined people in the world still deal with temptation. But the reason temptation is there because every time you're experiencing it, it's something that you know you should be avoiding. So that's when discipline comes into play. And then it's working on your own discipline and using those times in your life when temptation comes in, use that as an opportunity to take control over your destiny. So every time you have a temptation, you know, we can all be addicted to different things. It can be drugs, alcohol, it can be sex, it can be porn, it can be cigarettes, it can be whatever it is. As soon as you have that temptation for an addiction that you know you should be avoiding, use that as an opportunity to take control of your destiny. And that's how I go into everything now, you know, like I don't have any temptation for drugs anymore, like because I believe that if you're in an addiction mindset, and you go into a new environment and then you're quite unquote, you're sober from whatever your addiction was, what happens when you get back into that environment? So to really solve the addiction, you've got to be able to survive in that environment without having the urge. I wouldn't even say urge because we all have temptations, but not act on temptation. So once you work up your discipline and then you can actually be in environments like myself, like till this day, I still hang around most of the same people I was doing substances with because um, they've been my friends forever, but I don't judge. They know what my um, what I do and I know what they do. They don't peer pressure me. I don't have any idea of doing it, but I can be around those environments now because I've put in that work and I know I've got enough discipline to have control over my, over my own mind. That's really powerful. And you say that you're... Um friends they don't ever peer pressure you and stuff so they're obviously a really good support system even though they're still into some of the things that you're avoiding um it's important to um have that support you don't have to shy away from people that are in that um environment that you're now trying to leave yeah for sure i think people often mistake the fact that the people that they used to associate those bad habits or 
those addictions with as they're the issue and they're not. It's all um, inside your own mind and your willpower to be able to move through it. But as well as if they're going to support you on your journey, then you can still have them in your life. You don't have to cut these people off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm so happy you said that because that's what resonates with me, you know, because like with my journey from the day I quit, they never peer pressure me. Like I still had people around me asking me if I wanted to do coke or weed or try and get me on something, but I'd just say no, but people always respected my no. So there's never peer pressure. And I think people knew I was confident enough within myself that they would never try and peer pressure me because like I knew what I wanted. I was the one in control. And the people around me that were closest, they were going for their own journey. And that's why they may still be doing certain things. But you know, if I can try and be an inspiration to people, that'd be awesome too. But I know at the end of the day, I have the discipline and willpower to be around whatever and still do what I want to do now. Instead of living life on other people's terms and what other people may think my life should look like or who I am or who they think I am. Now I live who I am, what I want to do, and everything's on my terms. And it's a beautiful feeling to have this peace within, you know. And I think that's another thing that... um should be more spoken on is the fact that your environment is everything but avoiding the environment doesn't change anything if you're not willing to do the work yourself yeah i do believe um avoiding the environment is good in terms of if you can't control yourself in the environment so change your environment control yourself but have the knowledge within yourself and belief within yourself that when you're in those environments you can still survive and thrive as well so you're not triggered in these certain environments around certain people that you have the willpower and discipline i think that's what it all comes back down to yeah absolutely does and i love how um you don't let your past define you either it is your story and it's always going to be your story and it's a powerful one but you also speak a lot in um, the present moment and moving forward rather yeah. than dwelling on what's happened and um, letting that define you as a person. And That's honestly because in my life, like the amount of stuff I have done at such a young age, like I could pick out the hat millions of negative things that have happened to me. But if I focus on that, I'm not going to, be um i'm not going to be happy with who i am in the present which is not going to get me going forward in life i'm just going to be stagnant and repeating trauma in my own head which is not good for me it's not good for the people around me because if i'm stuck and then i can't really support the people and what i do for work as well so it all comes down to that inner work and i believe to have them disciplined to every day incorporate tactics and strategies that i do and have a routine to keep me healthy and remind myself this is why I'm doing what I'm doing and to be present in the moment, as you said, is huge because if we get caught up in the past, we're going to stick there. If we get caught up in the future, we're going to have anxiety around that too. So all we have right now is this present moment. All I have right now is this conversation I'm having with you. So I'm making sure this is my 100% focus. Nothing else matters right now besides this because if I'm present right now, I'm happy. And I just try and take that out of everything through life. Like the other day, there's this car on the highway swerving forever. I'm going nuts. And I was like thinking, I was like, okay, cool. He's gone past me. What could I do about it now? Like, yeah, it'd be awful if he goes forward and crash into someone else. But right now I'm safe. 
I've controlled that. Let's move forward and just keep being present in the moment because, yeah, I don't want to get anxious about the future. I don't want to feel somewhat depressed thinking about the past. Yeah, that's so important. And it's really hard at the moment, especially in the world that we're living in. There's so much uncertainty and there's a lot of scarcity around. Um, And it's a bit off topic, but how do you deal with that and everything that's happening um, in the world, right, in terms of being present and not letting what potentially could happen affect, like, your decisions and how you go about it? I believe it comes down to confidence within your ability to take action. So I am confident in the decision-making I make for that life that I want to live. And that comes down to the practices that I do. So it's literally, it's little things I do, like morning. I used to hate making the bed. So now I'll make sure I make the bed every single morning. And like every time I see a challenge in my life, I go for it. So um, it got to a point where I'd walk past like water and I'd be like, fuck, it'd be too cold to jump in there. And then I'd jump in it just to try and have that battle with my mind and take control. But I don't do it to that extreme anymore because now I know that if there's something my mind doesn't want to do and I know it's beneficial, I will do it. Um, but yeah, I, so I'll go from a routine. So it's like making the bed um, and I make affirmations. I do that on my phone in the morning. It's more so a reflection of self-love and self-worth with my affirmations as well. You know, give myself positive feedback because your mind listens to yourself so much. Like if we go out into the world and people say something negative about you, like they say something about your appearance that affects you. How do you think your own thought pattern affects yourself as well? Like we listen to our voice. I think we have like 4,600 thoughts per second or a couple of seconds or something like that. So it's like, if we have these many thoughts and we only focus on the negative ones, that's how we're going to feel. So it's more about pushing towards positive information to bring you within your own mind. That's why I do the affirmations in the morning. And then I make sure I drink at least a glass of water. I try to get for 600 mils just to get my body hydrated after sleeping. I do two-minute breath work. It's called the Cool to Be Conscious breath work. And then, yeah, I go to work and I treat my car as a university because it takes me like an hour to drive to work. So I use my car as a university to learn. Um, yeah, and it's all about growth. I look for potential. I always look for potential. It is a room for me to grow in. I'm, I'm going straight for that. Like I, that doesn't mean I'm not happy where I'm at now because I love the journey. And the reason that I know that is because everything that I have been through in life, I am here today and I use that in practice every day. Be as happy as I can in the moment, but still strive for more. So I always look for potential to grow. I love that so much. Yeah. So I hope that answers yeah, your question. Yeah, no, it really does. <laughs> it's just highlighting that. There is so much negativity in the world, but if you're focusing on the positive and also what you can control in the moment, then, yeah, there's all, a lot of the scarcity can um, kind of go away and not be on the forefront of your mind. Yeah, for sure. Like, Because when we went to um, Morgan's event, shout out to Morgan T. Nelson, but when we went to his event, like it's all about that condition limited belief, you know, having that was just like being able to um, – declutter that so you can actually look at it in the open space and figure out what these conditioned limited beliefs are was huge especially for me because before that event I was thinking to myself personally I was like I'm going to this event I'm not sure what I'm going to get out of it I'm not sure if I need it and I remember by the second day I was like yeah this is exactly where I'm meant to be and I need to keep this open mind and that was a really good lesson to me to 
be open-minded with everything I do in life because those conditioned beliefs was something that I realized, and especially in terms of telling my story, it helped me actually express that more because I can now identify what it was that was limiting me at times of my life to where I am now. So yeah, condition limited beliefs and working on them and identifying them is huge as well. Yeah, just highlighting that if you do the work, you know, things can work out for you. Yeah. A question that I'm really curious about is obviously even if you are positive and you try and look at the positives in life, it's not always going to be positive for you and you're always going to have these negative emotions and feelings come up and days aren't always going to be great. What is it that you do on those days? that um keeps you going um i don't give up on my routine so i know what i know what keeps me mentally healthy i know what keeps me mindful so i keep that in practice even on my worst days because i know even if it doesn't work on my worst days doing these routines i know the ripple effect going forward that will have on my life so i know if i have a bad day i just give up on everything that i'm working towards and just sit down i know that in the long term, it's actually going to be less beneficial than if I do it. So I do definitely feel into my emotions. That's one thing that I'm very aware of is tapping into my feminine and actually feeling that and going into that and not being afraid to express how I feel and then also give myself the space to and respect to actually implement strategies that I know work for me. And on those worst days, even when I do all that, I just wait for the storm to clear because I know the golden skies at the end of every storm. So I just, I just keep implementing my strategies and just be patient. Patience. Patience. Massive thing that I need to learn on. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Life's a marathon. It is. Life's a marathon. You know, it's, as soon as we're born, that gun goes off and we're gone. But on the marathon, as you see, probably in like the Olympics as an example, they have so many things from start to finish that they implement to get to the end. It's not like the chuck the shoes on and run to the end and just wing it. Like there's so many strategies in place to get them to that finish line. And that's the way we have to operate through life. We have to have strategies and things in place for us to make sure that we can get to the next stage of our marathon, the next stage to keep getting to where we want to go in life. So pace yourself, have your coping strategies in place, have more of an understanding of who you are and how you want life to look on your terms. Embody authenticity. Fuck what anyone thinks and live your life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And on that, you also don't see all the work that happens in the background of marathon runners, if we're using that as our analogy. Yeah, for sure. Because, like, I, I have an um, online presence called Mental Love Experience and the one thing I probably should put more out there is probably my day-to-day things that I do that I know that keep me on this journey of self-development and like I do post a lot of useful resources and information around mental health but I don't really post what I'm doing so I remember one of the podcast the other week and they're like we're trying to find out like words to bring an intro about yeah Lisa, we couldn't find anything about you <laughs> I was like yeah true so I should probably I should probably like because everything that I say, I actually do. So I should actually start putting it out there for more people to see because I think more people will relate once they see me actually doing this stuff too. I think people will benefit so much from that, but I guess you always get called to post what you think is beneficial at the time and um, on that. Yeah, exactly. As well, how do you go um, helping people? Like 
you're you're still journeying through everything that you've been through in your life up until today how how do you go with that like does it ever bring on any triggers or um, is it tough in times um yeah so I work full-time as a case manager for youth mental health for people who don't know and also I have mental health experience where I help people one-on-one and also do events and stuff too and in terms of that um, I think at the start, I had the challenge of it, but I had a mentor in the mental health sector in terms of industry. So when I, when I quit drugs, um, the first two years, I battled really severe depression, anxiety, because all those emotions that were suppressed now came to light. And that was a big battle within itself. But once I got a grips of the depression, anxiety that I had, um, I decided I wanted to give back to people so I didn't have to feel the way I felt in times. So then when I got, um, I started volunteering at a residential housing for severe mental illness. And I read this dude coming from head office and he just got chatting and he really liked me. So then he wanted me to come work for him. Then when I worked for him, he mentored me in how to deal with yourself and also working with people with severe mental illness because when you give so much support a lot of people don't give support back to themselves and he was telling me it's like the average um expectancy of work in the mental health field he says like five years i was like well i was like i want to live longer than that <laughs> like i don't want to go back to the way i was mentally like i want to keep trying to progress like i do understand that there will be times in my life where i will feel depressed and when i will feel anxious but i don't want that to consume me so I started wondering how can I make sure that I can keep going like this. But one thing that I found too with the work that I do, the amount of support I give out there is very rewarding for myself too in a kind of selfishness way, but it's selfless as well. So I think when you get results, it's rewarding. But then also you get results, but then you also got to do the mindfulness side of life too, which is my routine, especially breath work and meditation is huge for me. But the one and i think it's all about perspective too you know like the hardest days of work for me are the best because i know my hardest days is when someone needs me the most so when i'm my hardest day works my best and that's how i look at it rather than oh, i had a hard day i had to do this and that yada 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 i go no i had a hard day but this person would need me the most in their life and i was there to support that yeah that's amazing you're right perspective is everything and i think it gets it helps when you're actually doing something that lights you up, that actually is aligned with you and you're not just settling for like something mediocre. Like you actually, although the days can be really hard, you're right, they're rewarding. 100%. And like it is all about how I, for me, I see it is how I view my life and what I do and especially in terms of work, you know, like I could easily complain about the shit that happens in my day-to-day life, but I choose not to. I choose to pick the positives and then, the quote-unquote negative things that happen in my day, I find a way to put them in perspective where I can view that as rather a learning curve or something along that nature. Like, it is completely fine to feel your feels as well. I do that for sure on a daily, but also it's the perspective on how I view aspects of my life as well, which is, I believe, is one of the big changing things for me because I feel like I've got so much more energy now. Now my mind is operating on a different level in terms of how I view life. Mm. That's good, yeah. I love that. Um, I would like to know if there's any advice that you would give to anyone who is kind of in 
whether it's a similar situation or just their own situation in life about what would what would you advise their first kind of steps towards moving to a life that kind of aligns with them and is away from some of the bad habits that maybe they've formed and they're finding hard to step away from do you have any advice um in terms of that yeah Yeah. i do believe um environments like i know i said earlier in terms of addiction you gotta you gotta still be able to be in the same environments and survive and thrive in them that doesn't mean you can't go and seek new environments and meet new people i think that's huge too and learning from people that have been through what you've been through you know get tips and advice and a bit of mentorship around that and look towards people that can help your journey become shorter rather than longer you know cut out all the bits and pieces and also mindfulness look for ways to find mindfulness within your own head breath work meditation ice baths human connection tapping if you are a very masculine person tap into your feminine if you're a very feminine person tap into your masculine and find that balance in life because we all have both you know it's not like females only feminine men are only masculine that's just a concept that we grew up with um, in terms of myself and my environment but as i'm growing older i'm realizing that if i feel feminine that's completely fine i tap into that so yeah be aware of your own mindfulness and then yeah get yourself in good environments Mm -hmm. And I loved how you mentioned um, other people like support, someone who's been through it um, and having that support there that's um, for myself I've found has been really powerful. I've been on my journey for the last two years um, trying to work out what I want, who I am, all those things, and it wasn't until I um, got myself a coach and someone that I really looked up to and who has already been through everything that I have been through and I'm going through and I will go through. And it's nice to know and see the outside because you're in the journey and life's always a journey, but sometimes you can't see the way out and you can't see the other side of everything else. Um, So that's really powerful and uh, very rewarding. It's an investment in yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, completely an investment in yourself. You know, I feel like that's the best investment you could do. Sarah, my first investment that I ever did in myself was getting my braces. And then from there on, was like, it was like a ripple effect to keep investing in myself. Because I always thought, I'd have a nice car and I'll buy this and I'll buy that and I'll buy a watch. And then once I started putting money into myself and I stopped buying accessories, like I haven't bought a watch in years now. Like that's when I started to actually grow. Instead of fitting the image what I wanted people to see me as, I fit the image of what I want to see myself as. And that's what I'm growing into. And do you feel like you found that within yourself once you found the coach, you started to be able to embody your own authenticity? Yeah, absolutely. I was very much the same. I um, used to think the latest this or the new phone or, you know, all the materialistic things that people will visually see and it kind of gives you that um, recognition of, oh, she must be doing all right or he must be doing all right for yourself. And it's, and you're, you're never really quite at peace when you're doing that. Yeah. You're always searching for something else. But once you actually look within and you start investing in yourself and your time and who you are as a person, that's when you start seeing the results. And it can be very um, off-putting because those results, although you can see them outside, like the outside people won't see them straight away. So you'll go through like these waves of 
I'm doing all these things. Why is it not paying off? Like why is no one else seeing it? And then you'll realize that it's not about what other people see you as. It's only ever about how you see yourself. And if you're not happy with who you are and the person you are and the person you're becoming, then nothing else matters because you'll never really be happy, you know. And that is so powerful. That realisation was like, wow. Yeah, for sure. Because you want to be able to look, I know people say this a lot, but be able to look in the mirror and be happy with the person that's looking back at you, you know, because when we're walking around life, we're only looking at other people. But we're so concerned of how they're looking at us when we can't even see ourselves. Then when we look in our mirror, we're trying to pick everything apart so we can look better for when other people see us because our own insecurities reflecting onto that. But then when you when you start to work on self-development yourself and you look at yourself in a better way and you feel more confidence, you have more self-worth and yourself is accepted and it's more self-love, then you go out in the world and you don't really give a shit what other people think about you right, yeah. at all. Like, because you're so confident with who you are and what you're doing that nothing else really matters, you know, because at the end of the day, we're all energy. We're all spirit living a human life, you know. We're just walking around and a bit of meat and flesh. But at the end of the day, we're all spirits. And as long as you live to your true self, then you'll live a happy life. Yeah, it's not about any of the materialistics, how much money you earn, where you live. It, none of that matters at the end of the day and the moment that you really realise that you're kind of set free. It's, um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because if you start doing that in the work before you go on, like getting accessories and getting money and starting businesses, because I believe all that stuff is good once you are able to be in control of having access to all of that. Then I feel like everything that comes in will have a purpose, whether it's money or jewelry or anything like that. So do the inner work and then everything that is externally will have a purpose towards it. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. And again, once you've worked on yourself, you appreciate those things a lot more as well because you're yeah. not just getting them. 100%. You're actually invest, they're investments. Eventually, they become investments in yourself um, because you've done enough yeah. work within. Yeah. It's very powerful stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, I bought this bracelet. I'm still wearing my Morgan bracelet. <laughs> I bought this, um, this crystal bracelet. And the powerful thing about it is when I bought it, I put intention into it. So every time I wear it, I wear that intention. So that's the purpose it gives me. So it's not just like it's a cool bracelet. It looks cool on me. I look good. It's more so when I wear it, there's an intention behind it. So that's to, that's what I mean when I say when I buy things, there's purpose with it. And I try and live with that now. Yeah, that's amazing. I think I, I remember you showing me that at your event, actually. It's a pretty cool bracelet, I must yeah. say. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it is. It is um, you're so aware and um, conscious and society is struggling with that. Um, but I think you're doing an amazing job over on your Instagram and really helping and serving in such beautiful ways. And you're going to do some pretty epic stuff. I can't wait. Um, I was going to I was going to ask if you have anything in creation, but I, you probably won't be able to share. Um, yeah, I do. I'll, I'll give like snippets for you because it's something that I really want to embody is that I do want to do more like work with people through mental health experience because I feel like I've got a lot to offer and I'm, for some reason I'm not offering it. So I believe I will start offering myself more out there to the world and also give people more insight of what I'm doing in life. And yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to start tapping into what I can offer That's amazing. and then see what's just see where that goes in life. So, yeah. 
just to leave it there, where can people find you if they want to find out a bit more about you, connect and all that? Yes, so mental health experience on every social media from Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, um, Twitter, I'm everywhere for mental health experience. Or if you want to jump on and listen to the poddy, it's One Talk Podcast on Spotify and Apple, or you can find that in my link tree as well, mental health experience. But if you have any questions, if you want to reach out to me, just give us a message on mental health experience and I always reply. Amazing. Thank you so much. And I'll make sure to chuck it all in the show notes so they can't get lost. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm keen to see this podcast grow and see you grow into it as well. It's going to be amazing to see it all. Bring on 2022, that's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much, Ryan. Um, I really appreciate you giving us this time. It's been amazing. Now a huge thank you again to Ryan for having this chat with me and sharing his experience with life so far. After recording this podcast, I reached out to Ryan and asked for a few contacts of helplines that he has found useful and that he might use himself. So for easy access to these, I have dropped them in the show notes below. That is all from me today. Until next time, stay present, get curious, and go make someone smile today. Have a great day.